I'm David Belson. And I'm Rachel Redan. And this is the Branding London Podcast. The first season is brought to you by Libro Credit Union, a group of epic humans focused on increasing prosperity in southwestern Ontario. They have just launched a new campaign, My Life Here, which fits the theme of this podcast quite nicely. To learn more, go to libro.ca slash mylifehere. Up next is the dynamic duo of Deb and Dennis from the Grand Theatre. Deb is the executive director at Grand Theatre and Dennis is the creative director. And between them, they have transformed the Grand Theatre into being uh, world curious, London proud. And I really think that uh, content shows up in how they present themselves in the community, the new work that they're doing. Uh, as I'm recording this, they have uh, the part of Scrooge being played as a a female in, uh, for the first time ever, uh, not just a female playing Scrooge, but the, the character of Scrooge is a female. And that's just one of the small innovations that we're seeing at Grand Theatres. They try to change some of the narratives and, and tell stories in a different way. So it was really exciting to get both of them on the podcast and uh, look at innovation from a cultural perspective in London. Here's Rachel with the landing acknowledgement, and then I'm proud to bring you Devin Dennis. We would like to acknowledge the history of the traditional territory and honor the long-standing relationships of the three local First Nation groups of this land and place in southwestern Ontario. The Ottawandaran peoples once settled this region alongside the Algonquin and Haudenosaunee peoples and used this land as their traditional hunting grounds. The three long-standing Indigenous groups of this geographic region are the Anishinaabe, the Haudenosaunee, and the Lenni-Lenape peoples. I'd like to recognize the three First Nations communities neighboring the city of London. Chippewas of the Thames First Nation, Oneida Nation of the Thames, and Muncie, Delaware Nation. We continue to honor the legacy of the space we're in by using the Roundhouse to tell stories, increase collaboration, and work with our clients to improve human lives. We believe that telling the stories of our fellow Londoners will help bring us together to solve problems. My name is Dennis Garnham. I'm the Artistic Director of the Grand Theatre. And I'm Deb Harvey. I'm the Executive Director of the Grand Theatre. Great. Thanks, guys. Um, the next question I'd like to ask, because you know I, I have some idea of what your roles are at the organization, but somebody who's listening and may not, uh, how do you describe your job to someone who doesn't work in your industry? I am the Artistic Director of the Grand Theatre, which means that I, I, I get to um, enjoy visioning the creativity of the company so the biggest part i do is i pick the plays that's most of my job is um, imagining what are the plays and the plays are the menu the plays are the the um, um, the ingredients to the meal i guess mm-hmm. um, so first and topmost it's what what are the stories we're going to tell and then how are we going to tell them so the next most important thing i do is um, assemble the creative teams so the directors the designers the actors and that consumes you know most of my time and so we have a nine play season currently and that to make that nine play we probably looked at about 200 for this year and then seriously considered probably 50 and then seriously seriously considered you know 30 and then lost about five in the in the process of really investigating it um, and then ending up with our magic amount and as executive director, um, I'm responsible for all the budgeting, all of the HR, 
Um, so when Dennis looks at 200 plays and cuts them to 50, we probably do hmm, 16 different budgets before we get to the one that actually lands before the board for their approval. Mm. Um, both the artistic director and the executive directors report into the board, so it's kind of a dual CEO position at the theater. That's the way it works. And for most large theaters in the country, that's the, that's the template for the leadership. It, it's interesting, you know, in the corporate world, I would see, uh, you know, CEO and um, president and, or, or chief operating officer, but the actual, the way that the hierarchy seems to be a little bit different than that in theater. So are you guys like co-CEOs in that mm -hmm. sense from a leadership perspective in the organization, or is there a more defined breakdown of responsibilities? No, it's a co-CEO. We both are hired by the board and we both report into the board. We work very collaboratively. Um, so it's a, it's a pretty fair distribution of what happens in the company, I would say. Otherwise known as the two-headed monster. <laughs> That's what we often, it's often been called. Yeah. It's, a, it's a kind of a beautiful symbiotic relationship. And, I don't, and I, I'm sure, I think, Deb would agree with me, I wouldn't want it any other way. It's the perfect alignment for, especially for a theater company, an arts organization, because we, we get to partner on the plan. I think one person taking all the art and all the business, it, and it does happen some places, but to me, it really dilutes both sides when we can both kind of um, uh, flourish in our area and then check in with each other. Yeah, we use the, um, here, the visionary integrator model, so... I fill the visionary seat and Rachel does the integrator seat and together it's you know, leading the organization. Um, she's really great at distilling down the clarity and, and helping people understand what we're doing and I come up with 20 new ideas a week and we try to figure out which ones are, are good 20. or bad. <laughs> 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 right? 20? It's kind of funny. We have a, a Slack channel and uh, it's called 19 good one or 19 bad one good because the model basically says the visionary will come up with 20 good ideas or 20 ideas a week one of them's good it's the integrator's job to figure out which one of those is the good idea and which are the 19 to ignore but deb oh, i think your 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 odds are better <laughs> it's a very interesting but it is an interesting observation uh, the thing that i would also say within that is that to me uh it's, I've always felt this. It's all one. That being said, it's all one creative process. Agreed. So, like, I think no matter what we do, like, Deb is very creative in how she helps make sense of the play. Um, yep. um, and um, so that's, I think, together we, we thrive on all aspects together because what a poster looks like and the names and the words on it, to me, it's all part of creativity and it's all part of business. So it's not like now you do the part I don't want to do. I don't think it's that. It's more like you do what you're really good at, right? Love it. Um, so the next question I ask is, um, you know, we're here in London, Ontario. Why are you guys here? Why do you live in London? I'm going to go on that one. So everybody, uh, well, not everybody, but a lot of people know my story that I arrived here in January of 2000 on a six-month contract. Um, so um, maybe that speaks... Got extended a bit. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that explains it uh, a little bit. Um, again, moved here from Nova Scotia, had a consulting company. We were hired to come in and do some work for the Grand Theatre at a time where it wasn't quite so successful. And uh, and, and again, I, I love the work, I love the theatre, and I love the city. Um, uh, it has become home. 
Um, I, I love it for all of its bed. It's the right size. It's safe. I can run at five o'clock in the morning and it's safe. Um, I'm close to parks. There are lots of golf courses and uh, we have terrific theater and a really good supportive community. Um, the community is really supportive of our theater in its sponsorship and its attendance. Our municipal council supports us. Our businesses support us. Um, the ownership feeling of the theater is, I think, unique in so many ways in terms of we have people who have been um, at our company a lot longer than Dennis and I have and been subscribers and donors and supporters. And so they they want so badly for us to be successful and they're right there with us. So all of that um, makes living in the city and working in the city and building relationships in the city um, a really positive, positive experience. Um, it's, um, I love it. I live downtown. I walk and work and play downtown. It's a, it's a perfect location for me. And I grew up here in London, so, uh, you know, I didn't have a choice. I was brought by my parents when I was six years old. Um, and one of the things coming back, so I was here from six till 18, then I went off to the West Coast to go to school and went off to work. Uh, and so when the job came up about two years ago, uh, you know, I really thought a lot about, can, I, can you go home? Um, and what would it be like? And one of the big things for me was, um, I remember London being a wonderful place to grow up, and I remember what London having incredible things like the Grand Theatre, um, like great people, like great heritage, um, and I wondered if I could be part of that moving forward. Um, and what has been extraordinary to me is coming home has been even more, um, I've learned more about my youth being back than I ever imagined. Um, I still walk down the streets and ghosts of a store or a building or, you know, we were rehearsing a play, Chariots of Fire, at St. Peter's um, Gym, and um, because we needed a really big, large space. And so uh, one afternoon I went walking down the hall just for a break, and I went to the second floor, and I saw a door, and I thought instantly, I went to grade six in that room. Mm -hmm. And I remembered the door. It was just mm -hmm. overwhelming. Um, but what I learned or remembered about London was um, um, that it's a great place. So the memories are all beautiful. And what I learned, you know, I went to uh, St. Peter's Choir School, St. Mary's Choir School, um, Catholic Central High School. And that's where my passion for the arts came. And literally, I was gifted this um, opportunity through, you know, generous teachers who pushed me towards the arts. Um, and because I grew up on the poor side of town, but there's the culture and the richness and the talents and um, what, what you see, um, especially in the young people. I mean, I think Western is extraordinary, but when you see, and we're discovering with the high school, you just see these like flourishing high schools where talent and generosity and originalities are highly encouraged. Um, so um, uh, that's why I'm back, and I love it. I just love it, you know. Um, um, and I live downtown. I live near Victoria Park, and I just feel it's like a second um, second um, attempt at a gorgeous city. So very, very happy. Awesome. Great answers. Um, the next question I like to ask, again, sometimes it's, uh, it's more of a conversation starter than I'm expecting an absolute answer, but uh, what do you think London does better than anywhere else? Theater. <laughs> uh, oh. That's a great question. It's almost like a stumper. I love. Get I love thinking. 
I actually thought you were going to go the other way. That's why I'm, I was waiting for. Oh no! I, 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 I tried, was... I'm trying to, you know, the the negative things come up through the exploration of the positive. But um, I well, think I think well, it goes back to you know, I can answer that related to the last thing. One of the reasons I wanted to come home is because I thought the Grand Theater is an extraordinary uh, company in an extraordinary building. Mm. It doesn't really a lot of this city doesn't really make sense. Like, why do we have? such an extraordinary theater company of a city this size like it's oversized for what the city mm -hmm. is in the, you know you wouldn't build an 850 seat theater in london ontario to put on plays but they have and so it's kind of an extraordinary opportunity just like saint peter's basilica you know or western university right so what i love about what i think london does best is it it's um it's in a unique position. It's not Toronto. It's not Stratford. It's not Shaw. Uh, it's not Detroit. It's not Buffalo. It's but it's close to all of it. So what I've discovered with the mindset of the people is that there's a great curiosity and knowledge of the world here, even if we don't choose to live in you know um, Toronto. Sometimes when you're in a smaller town, it's a sm it can be distanced from what's going on but my experience you know like one of the things i love is the stratford festival mm -hmm. advertises on our buses mm -hmm. i think that is very fun and i think that means they know that because i think going to shakespeare is is you know it's it's the the, the most juiciest theater you can get mm -hmm. and the fact that they they're not going to target us if they don't think people come and right. i love having conversations with our audiences that talk about new york or london or stratford in the same breath as the grand so um um, um and f and because of that you have this incredible like what i also love is everything's five minutes away mm -hmm. i i'm kind of a big fan of you know like people say like oh that's a drive and like oh, okay wait i just came from alberta that's not a drive everything's everything's a 10 minute drive everything doesn't matter where you go and i love that convenience right and then when you want the hit of the big city you can get it mm -hmm. um but you also have the beauty of um like you know a great place to raise a family and be for sure yeah, it's, it is a great question. I love those answers, too. Uh, there's something about, um, and uh, maybe a discussion, but there's an ownership factor that I find in London. And um, I'll use our theater as an example, because yeah. it's, it's probably great <laughs> greatest strength, greatest challenge sometimes. Um, but that ownership factor is like, if there is a sense of ownership, let's say, of the theater. So therefore, there's a very healthy curiosity, a healthy engagement, a healthy sense of ownership. So if you make choices that people do like, great. Mm -hmm. And if you make choices <laughs> they don't like, there is equal engagement. And I think that's true maybe of everything in London. So BRT, there's a healthy, uh, rigorous discussion and debate because there is a sense of ownership of the city and what we want it to be. And it it's not all the same, clearly, yeah. or whatever it is, or the tech sector, or Western, or it's all of those things that there is a very healthy sense of ownership. I think it's why we're a test market. Mm -hmm. um, I think if it, you know, if it flies here, it'll fly anywhere, and people have a real sense of pride about that. Um, that, yeah, we we know you, you need to ask us because we have a really good sense of what will work and. And I love that um, that critical thinking part of of London as a whole, and it's a very diverse cross section of opinions and thoughts and ideas. And I think that's a really healthy city. I would agree. You know, one of my uh, 
follow-up question to that would be though is is there a point that that um, constantly challenging everything can also hold the city back from its potential if uh, you know visionaries and future thinkers you know want to move the city forward uh, and there's a, a an anchor off the side of the boat that sort of drags and says hey maybe we shouldn't charge forward with this uh, you know my opinion is that a healthy debate is a good thing uh, oftentimes I find in the city that debate doesn't stay healthy and that's mm -hmm. you know maybe a, a point but uh, you know the conservative roots of the city or uh, how it expresses itself do we hold ourselves from the potential of what we could be doing in the city too much for that or is that balance just right to help us move forward in a sustainable way well uh, good question I think that's when we have to choose the right leaders mm -hmm. to make those decisions it's the same as we do in our businesses in the theater or here um, or wherever you have to choose the right leaders that that will push will, that will move us forward that will take us hear the debate hear that but this is where we're going and this is what we're doing mm -hmm. uh, and I think it's absolutely perfectly perfect answer of that. Um, and I also found, you know, one of the, I, I think it is a little unbalanced. I'm an optimist and I'm like, yes, can do kind of guy. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's because I spent 12 years in Alberta um, um, where uh, it really is a can do spirit. I mean, it's almost a joke about Calgary. Like it's a big yes. And, you know, the volunteerism through the roof and mm -hmm. everything's a yes. Um, um, but you know what? It was really a p great place to um, play in terms of that yes like the things that happen in Calgary that shouldn't have happened because people just try and try and yes it's newer and different I get it it's a bigger city and all that um, but there is like I'd love to borrow a little more of the can-do spirit here um, um, and that's what we're trying to do at the grant which we're just saying yes we're just doing it mm -hmm. because I just I get the healthy debate but I, I like at you as you said perfectly at some point someone just needs to decide we need to do something um, I it breaks my heart when um, an idea is squashed. It's way harder to have the idea. It's way easier to squash the idea. Mm -hmm, so, agreed. you know, like, like, you know, I walked down Dundas place and I know it was, you know, I'm new to town, but I know it was a big, a lot of debate and a lot of whatever, but I walked like the first day they started digging. I was like, keep digging. <laughs> I just want something. I yeah. want, I don't want to talk about this. I want to see. And so it makes me ecstatically happy to see Dundas ripped up. Yep. And I know it's at a cost, but it's always got to be the end game. And, uh, you know, the same people who are unhappy right now are going to be the ones loving it right. when our, our, our downtown is different. So that's an example of, you know, because um, I think it will, you know, we just need more of these projects, I think, in the city that are, um, you know, uh, beautifully audacious. And, like I look forward to, I love, I always love that feeling when, you know, I used to have it. I haven't, haven't, haven't had it here really, but I had it in my past work where I would do something and then people would come up to me and say, I have to tell you now, I really hated that idea <laughs> and now I love it. Yeah. And I know, I you know, I'd say to them, yeah, I was waiting for you to change your mind. Yeah. Um, and that's my job. I, like, I think that is our job is to say, you don't know what you don't know. And if my job is not to give you the plays you you know the place I mean, my job is give you the plays i love mm -hmm. that you don't know that hopefully you're thankful that i brought you there you know we live in a world of surprise we want to be surprised mm -hmm. right we want to be led to that enthusiasm so every time london does something like that um um and it ha does it all the time 
I'm really uh, delighted by um, just more of that, please. So with, if I can maybe uh, do an analogy for artistic director, um, you're the roller coaster that, uh -oh. that takes the person up to the top. So if you're looking at a new play that you don't understand or you don't, you, know, you haven't heard of before, but you're like, okay, Dennis tells me this is really good. So you ride up the roller coaster and then you have this experience where you're out of your comfort zone and then you crash down and then you get off the ride and go, oh my God, that was the best thing ever. I'm going to go, go back again. There's something in the human spirit that we get really, really uncomfortable, but when we get challenged and step out of our comfort zone, it's a wild ride. If you, sort of a weird analogy, but if you well, it's a perfect analogy. If you if you um, and the ride that you expect to be fantastic is a ride you're not going to remember, right? right? Or yeah. the one that you did last time is not going to be the one. And for me, I always like the unknown. When I plan a trip and I plan them a lot, um, I plan. I have it all figured out, and it's that it's that dinner or that train ride that I didn't plan on. That's the one I remember all the time, right? Mm. I used to do this concert series in my old old life. I used to travel all over the north america and i've been to 45 cities and you know when we did the show in in like i played at kennedy center and atlanta symphony um roy thompson hall but when we played in the gym in fargo north dakota <laughs> that's the one i remember and when we went to miami it was a bust we hated being there right yeah. but that's that's i think that's the curation that we that i love I, you know and when you look back at this last season of the grand people all you know what's uh, we've had a really happy successful first year of my time here mm -hmm. what i love is that people uh, have been very supportive but their favorite show varies i can get somebody tell me their favorite show is any show in that year you know and the one that i love i hear it a lot is silence this new play mm -hmm. about mabel um, bell and alexander graham bell a lot of people talk about that one. And that was the one nobody knew about. Right. So that's what I'm actually really proud of is that people say, I love, I'd love to see Silence again. I think, great. You know, and it's going on at the National Arts Center in Ottawa. Yeah. So you can go to Ottawa and see the Grand. You know, so it's, that's what we, that's when we're at our best. Agreed. Um, the next question I like to ask, because it means different things to everyone. And I think it's important to have a, a common or at least where you're coming from understood. I use the word innovation. So in the original blog post, I talked about the city as a, maybe we're really good at human innovation and you know, innovation is sort of a big word that means a lot of things to different people. So the question I like to ask is, what does innovation mean to you? And either one of you, well, I'd like to hear from both of you on this. We'll go, uh, well, for me, um, I'll talk about theater mm -hmm. because that's where we really look at innovation. And so it's been probably top of mind this year with Dennis's really first year that he planned. And it's been a season full of innovation. Like every, um, when we just, as you were just talking about the, the world curious or the being curious or, or offering the unexpected. I think for me, that's where innovation has played its part at the Grand Theater this year, is just the unexpected, and that we built um, a very anticipatory energy um, in London and for people coming, so that we had almost 11,000 brand new ticket buyers this year. And some of that is about 
be building that anticipatory energy and excitement of like, what the heck are they going to do next? Because the shows were all innovative and so different. And the use of the theater, and we transformed the theater over and over again. So that, but we did, yeah. which was yeah. so, but I watched our team get so excited and so proud that they were able to achieve it that the bar got set high, you know, whether that's, you know, building the new set for Blind Date or that there is actually an audience member every night on stage. And so it's a pretty innovative, you know, um, improvisational show. And then we have to build the running track to do chariots. And it's been innovative even in terms of the relationships and partnerships and collaborations that we've built whether it's Vicki Crawley being a coach, that, that you change even the audition process, that Vicki is there, we rent a track in Toronto to do auditions, and so the actors that are coming have to act, they have to sing, they have to do all those things, and they have to be able to run mm. as per a, a coach that says, um, Dennis, that person can't be in the play. I'm <laughs> never going to be able to teach them, you know, to look like an Olympic runner. Mm -hmm. So our process has been innovative. Our use of our space has been innovative. And it's so exciting to work in that environment. Um, it, I, yeah, it, it's your field too, David, mm -hmm. where, I mean, that's the exciting part, right, is to build that innovation in. And I, it's probably one of the things that I love most about Dennis, we started this whole thing talking about the ideas and how many there are, but that is that innovative, in curious spirit that now permeates our organization, which is really, uh, it builds excitement for us, but that translates into, I think, our audience, and it expands our audience. It's out there in the community right now. Nicely said, thank you for that. Thank you. The um, uh, when I hear innovation, I you know I, I I'm listening to it and thinking, you know, partially that's uh, somewhat some in our world. I think that's something people say of what we do versus something I strive for. I don't know how to be innovative. Mm. Um, I I know how to be curious, right? Um, and one of the things Deb and I realized the other day on a great walk through London uh, is we've both been doing it for a while. So we've you know Deb has been doing this for 18 years. And I've been doing it for 12 officially, mm -hmm. not not even like just being on the planet. And so part of what I think this is, is a combination of we've seen a lot and done a lot. So um, and we're curious. So it's really to me about um, um, I, like I didn't come here and say we have to innovate this place. Right. It was like it was it was literally a, a lot of, you know. Um, like people, people said, like, where do you get these ideas from? It's, well, I've been doing it. So I'm actually just, it's just the next level of curiosity for me. Mm -hmm. um, and so then that, some of that spurns, spurns, spurs, spurs, spurs yeah. inspires Deb to kind of go, how can I, in my world, innovate that idea or make, how, make that work? Because we've never had this thing happen. And we've had tons of this. And we still do. Um, um, and so I think, um letting people live into their potential is what this is all about you know it's one of the things that i'm always um uh nervous about in terms of like phrase like world class and better than toronto and best and biggest and all those things i despise all of them because anyone who's really great at what they do 
doesn't say that. Mm-hmm. You know, New York doesn't say we're the best city. In, we're better than Toronto. They just are better than Toronto, mm-hmm. right? Um, 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 so I think when when we get to that place uh, in London, we won't be London, home of innovation. We'll be London, mm-hmm. and we'll just know it. That's great. Did you have a follow on to that? Okay. So the um, you, you sort of kind of to- took the uh, the next question. So I'm going to skip that, which is where does innovation happen in your organization? I think we answered the question through that. But if you have any other points, uh, the next question is where else do you see innovation in the city? But if there are some other innovations you want to highlight at the grant, then feel free to do well, so. Well, I, I mean, I think you know it's a great question. Where is innovation at the grant? It's in every corner and every second and every moment of the day i mean it's like it's really a beautiful if you could do a cross section of that building the public only sees you know one room yeah yeah, (laughs) and we have like 50 rooms right and so it goes back to the notion i you know so the accountant is trying to figure out how to pay 60 actors who are working this week um or the the marketing people are trying to think how do we tell the story of chariots of fire to people who've never heard of what chariots of fire is Mm -hmm. and then we go down to the prop shop and when we say like how do we make that fake blood or how do we okay that he he wants a pork dish and it needs to be fake what just let's look that mm-hmm. up and let's innovate because we do there's no you know fake pork food plate <laughs> shopping place right i mean i think the, the prop shop is one of those magical places um because they have to know everything they have to be painters carpenters uh right visual artists everything they have to be shoppers they mm-hmm. have to be you know um and the way their minds work is is always fascinating because it's you know but then you go up a floor and we're auditioning you know we're auditioning for prom queen night right now and you watch um, high school kids sing, and you watch the uh, incredible Andrew Petrushunas playing music. He's like he he. We, we've had 150 kids coming in. We've had the most impressive. Um, they brought the variety of their, their music from Broadway shows, but it's usually you hear the same song ten times. We've had like three repeats. Mm. So Andrew's playing 150 pieces of music, half of them or a quarter of them blind, having never seen them before. Um, uh, and I'm listening to this beautiful music. I'm watching this, these students sing, and you think, well, that, like, so just permeates. Not to mention what the end product. We always laugh, actually, at, at, is if you only appreciated, you know, nor should you like anything like sports. Nobody understands when a runner runs how hard that is. They just think, oh, why is he sweating so much, right? <laughs> but like you, you know, so I'll be in Toronto tomorrow, um, auditioning people for next season to see who might we might employ of the 130 people we'll see you know we'll see 300 400 people by the time we're done but nobody appreciates that all the planning that goes into this and it is the innovation where we say well why am i picking this person over that person Mm -hmm. that's that's not math that's like something much more uh delicious Mm -hmm. yeah he has dennis has said it i mean it is through the entire organization um and it's it's it, it is everybody. The prime example, I suppose, next year is Barbershop Chronicles. Like, A, the innovation of getting it to being the only place in Canada where that show will come. Mm-hmm. And when it was, when they, we first tried to get them, they could actually, this is, they thought we were in England, I guess, because they were, <laughs> they were in San Diego and they had a weekend off. And they said, yeah, like we could come for the weekend. No, actually, you can't get that set here (laughs) that quickly. But then when they finally worked out a schedule to give us 12 shows, I mean, we could have said, nope, you know, that doesn't work for us. We do a 22-show run, and that Mm -hmm. doesn't work. And we just said, how can we make that work? Okay, 
12 shows. Does that give us enough um, seats for all of our subscribers? Yes, it does. Will they be on the same night in the same seat as whatever? And so we built an entire calendar around doing a show that's going to slot in for 12 shows instead of 22 and moved everybody around. So our, you know, like, Brit's there figuring out a calendar that can actually work and a system that allows someone to book a subscription. Mm -hmm. And everybody works on that box office. Then it changes everybody's routine. But people are quick to do that to make something new work. Um, and, uh, and enjoying that process, I think. That's the other part. Everybody wants to um, step up and make it so. So uh, it's, it's good to watch that as well. Is that because they are excited about you know achieving the, that world curious London proud vision that's there or is it just the nature of wanting to work in theater like is there a, uh, is there something about what's happening at the Grand that makes people want to be more innovative currently or is that culture just part of the theater community? Uh, I, I think there's certainly that energy right now everybody sees the next person doing it and everybody wants to be a part of that and uh, we we witness it across the staff across the team right from our stage crew to our carpenters, painters, builders, right through everybody, I would say, yeah. Because I'm a little bit of a, a governance nerd, um, I'm curious how much does the board have to play in, in supporting and holding the space for you to be innovative? Um, a lot, yeah. I mean, they are, it really, I always think of, think of it like the board of directors. These are volunteers from the city of London who give up their time and their prime responsibility is to keep the doors open. Mm -hmm. They are the sanity of, of the company that says we'll listen to everything and we will support whatever you have. But ultimately we are, we are, uh, you know, um, selected citizens of the, um, which I adore. I just think that's a really important, um, clarity of what they offer. Yep. Um, um, and then when we dig in deeper, it's about looking at the health of the company and how to make it as vibrant, as possible and as safely as possible um, and you know I think it's a, a credit to them when um, I applied and we talked I I spoke to them and to Deb in kind of no uncertain terms of how um, big my hopes and dreams were going to be and you know I said I, I hope I made it very clear if you if you pick me we will go down this path and I'm going to need you to support it and find it. And they have, they have been this first year and Deb can speak to it. It was a really, you know, it's, it's, it was, what's beautiful about it is we're finishing up the year and it's going to be a very successful year for us. And a year ago, you know, when we pushed go, it was a bigger, biggest season we'd ever done. More people ever hired mm -hmm. plays that haven't been done the way it had been done. So the risk on some level was very, very high. Um, I think Deb and I, and I think our board knew it was going to be a great year. Mm -hmm. I, I, I wasn't worried, um, but it wasn't guaranteed, mm -hmm. you know, and I kudos to the board. And we had just had a great last board meeting to say, well, we did it. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to do more. <laughs> yeah. And it has, uh, it, the board has been extraordinarily supportive and they have invested a lot of trust in us. And um, I'm very grateful for that. Um, we don't have to do a lot of begging or convincing. They trust in our leadership. They trust uh, historically what we've been able to do at the company. Um, they, when the change in leadership came, um, they were willing to take some more risks and go down this path. And they, 
they have been as excited as we have been through the season. They truly have. I've, I've, I've witnessed an even greater engagement from our board um, and uh, a greater sense of pride and more um, commitment, more investment from them in time and in their um, financial commitment as well. And that's a big part of what they do. Mm -hmm. And it, it demonstrates um, their... Uh, commitment to the organization and again a, a belief in what we're doing and uh, uh, yeah so next year um, even more um, that's exactly it uh, so then um, the, the follow-on question of that is where else do you see innovation outside of our city and I feel it fair to say that uh, I asked this question in, a, in a, any interview and I don't have an exact stat but I uh, more I would guess around the number of uh, people that have said the Grand Theater in that discussion has been about half of the people have mentioned, you know, when they talk about cultural innovation, they've really noticed what's been going on at the Grand. You know, partially my social graph and who I'm going to pull in, <laughs> in these type of interviews, we travel in some of the same circles, but um, definitely, you know, that impact has been noticed. Um, so, you know, where you see innovation inside your cluster, I, I would say that, um, it has been noticed outside of the city as well, or outside of the Grand as well, that you guys have been an innovative uh, part of what's going on in the city. So uh, I ask you to look outside and where else do you see innovation in our city happening? I think there's a lot of innovation in the city. I think what maybe we don't do very well is tell the stories. I know we, we stay pretty cocooned sometime because our work lives are really busy and we spend a lot of time there. But when I am out and I hear about um, Western or Fanshawe or the medical innovations and, and even on the tech sector, all of those things, I think I'm not as aware as I would even like to be. Um, and I think if we... I think even doing these kinds of interviews, David, it gives a chance for people to tell stories that there is no other avenue for that. I think there's a lot happening in the city that we're not aware of and uh, finding a way to tell those stories. And I think the grand is getting mentioned because, again, we have been innovative this year in the way we've told our stories mm -hmm. yep. um, and the number of times we've told the stories and the avenues that we've used. Um, and so um, using digital media and so on and some of the videos we've done, and we've just increased um, the viewers that way. So um, I, I think... Yeah, I think we're a lot more innovative than we even realize as a city. And I think what I've certainly noticed coming back um, is people ask a lot, like, what's in the water in London where we have so much talent come out of this city? Mm -hmm. um, and what I've noticed is that um, there's a lot of, as Deb pointed out, it's not talked about, but there's a lot of um, school groups, community bands, um, uh, you know, original kids, for example, a theater uh, company that are so vibrant and so full that that is all created like so when, when they come to the high school project at the grand they're already they're so wise i haven't seen it anywhere this mm -hmm. kind of wisdom of experience that it's, this is not new to them um you know i i hosted a um concert band um in uh for november 11th and was invited asked to do it and i really knew nothing about it. i looked them up they had a little website i showed up for a little bit of rehearsal and there was you know 60 people as a beal 60 people in the band mm -hmm. and they started and i thought well i'll just this okay they started playing it was extraordinary yeah. and i was like uh, how did how come everybody why isn't the whole city here this is and it was full but it was like this is extraordinary i had no idea yeah. i had no idea um 
like a gobsmacked of that talent. But you find that, you know, and I'm very biased, but, you know, um, St. Mary's um, had their 50th anniversary and they packed out Centennial Hall, you know, and they, like, the grade sixes, I think, started first and, you know, three bars of music out of the 60 kids and I just started tearing up. Mm-hmm. Wow, they are that good. Yeah. You know, it's not like, it's not like, when you parents have to endure this kind of this <laughs> terrible stuff for yep. the growth of their children, it's actually fantastic. Like, and it was uh, so, um, you know, and I noticed so I so I'm auditioning all these uh, high school kids, and I noticed original kids play such a big, for example, factor in mm-hmm. their lives because they're that's all over. And you can actually tell an original kid when they come in because mm-hmm. they kind of, they have something to them that they've learned things. You can like if you read their resume from original kid and see what they've done. It usually lines up. You think, yeah, I can see you've been good for you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I love that energy of um, that level of energy in the city. Yeah, three of my kids have gone to uh, Pearson, and right. uh, going to their performances is like stunning. Like yeah. by the time they get to grade seven and eight, their uh, orchestral skills, their singing skills are like it's just it's a different experience because I have had kids in other. Schools, this isn't to knock. I mean, they have so much time to spend with these kids in arts uh, that I would argue all the schools should have. It's not a knock against the other programs, but um, the the quality of the instrumental play is just off the charts. The quality in the acting for some of the grade six and grade seven play, you know, they're, and they're hour and a half like plays that you sit through, uh, and they're amazing. You know, the last one uh, my son Cole did. Uh, the kids wrote it. It was a grade eight play, and then not only did they perform it, and it was amazing. It was about bullying, and uh, and it had like a weird twist at the end that I didn't even see coming, and you know, awesome. it's like just so yeah. good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we have all these little pockets of excellence that I again I think fly under the the radar. The original kids is another good example. So you both answered the question. I was just looking at like. <laughs> Deb did start. I want to make sure that I give you guys both the chance to answer. So the next question, you know, I, part of the reason I started this project was a sense that maybe there's an identity crisis or that there's a conflict of identities. Um, and uh, so my next question is, does London have an identity crisis in your opinion? Well, it kind of goes back to what we talked about before. I mean, I would love a little more of a yes, can do spirit. I think that's the identity. Um, a little less comparative to where we are in the world. Mm-hmm. A little less of um, a little less struggle to make things happen would be nice. Um, it's you know, it's when it's when we succeed out of London for that pure drive of excellence that I think London shines the most. Like when a Olympian. Or a pair do their mm-hmm. do their work, um, and we have that simple pride. I think that's that's um, at us at our best. I I'm incredibly optimistic. Incredibly, I firmly believe the best era of London is in the next twenty years. Mm-hmm. It's coming. We're I think we've unlocked the key, and I firmly firmly believe this is going to be an extraordinary. A lot of the problems of the past are going to be going away in the next two decades, um, and it's going to be impossible to get a cheap house here. <laughs> what is the um, one of the problems that you think we are unlocking? Well, I I hope that we're 
um, getting tired of the sound of our own voice, mm-hmm. the complaints. So like, I feel like the Dundas place and what we're trying to do at the ground and um, you know, the, these things, more things are the more, the more I like, the more towers go up in the sky, the more things happen. You know, uh, I think we know what we want to do. It's just the more we will get on with doing it. Um, um, and I, I think maybe what we need is a win. Mm-hmm. Maybe London needs a big win right now. Like Dundas place needs to be um, extraordinary. So the people go, okay, I didn't like that. So now I really will get behind the fork of the Thames. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, all that kind of stuff, you know? Um, Cause I, I didn't like, I, I can see, I mean, we all can see what it could be. Yeah. I mean, this is, this could be the most beautiful downtown in Canada. Like it's, it's we've got the grand, there, we've done yeah, our yeah. part, check. Yeah. Right. Like it's got the makings of it. We just need to restore it slash move it. I, may, I think restore is maybe a terrible idea because nobody needs to go backwards. We need to like innovate it. In, there's your word to the yeah, future, yeah. you know, but it's um, so I'm I'm so optimistic. I have to be. But I I wouldn't have like um, uh, moved my life here if I didn't firmly believe it. And I think what we found at the Grand um, as as proud as we are, what we found is people like I think the the testament is the people, the audience. Like, so it's one thing for us to do all this new stuff, but the response is what makes us move forward. The fact that people are supportive, the fact that our our, our donors have been incredibly supportive, right? Mm-hmm. Incredibly supportive of us, um, saying we've got to go here and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna we're gonna bring this show from England. We're gonna do, and this is important to us, and they support it. They really support it. Like these are good times in terms of um, people being on our side. That's an example. If we didn't have, if we didn't have that in London, I think Deb and I would know right now. Like I think I, I guess what I'm uh, I guess what I'm getting at is if you use the Grand as an example, we're seeing what happens when the city gets behind something, and we're seeing that the city can help make change mm-hmm. so i find that incredibly i mean when i arrived in the first few months it was those few first were mind-boggling how um how um how quick people jumped on board with new ideas and wanted to help and support and it was just amazing mm-hmm. you know amazing and i'm talking london i'm not yeah, talking yeah. i'm talking people of london or the city council or big donors or companies who are just saying yeah okay great wonderful like we okay yep so i and that wasn't guaranteed i mean again it it wasn't guaranteed it could have been like great all right part two with dennis and deb after a brief interruption so we were talking about the um the challenges with the city of london and uh or the the brand and whether or not uh, the question that i asked is is it a problem that we don't have a consistent brand or a consistent vision the city i think there's a few different ways you could ask that question but that's kind of what we were exploring um i guess i think most of this conversation has been talking about how do we change that that brand or uh, do it differently so you've spoken several times about the small c conservative brand of Mm -hmm. london and um that the difficulty with that and dennis has spoken to you know getting us to a more can-do um, and 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 we speak about a yes culture at, at our company, and I think so. We're talking about how do we get there. I think we're and we've spoken also that we think we're on that path. Mm-hmm. Um, that I do think that there are more optimistic, curious, can-do voices right now in our city than maybe ever before, 
And I do think there are new platforms to get those voices heard, whether that is as simple as sort of um, social media and Facebook. If we take the example of Prom Queen as an example, mm -hmm. um, five years ago we would not have had that platform to do what happened in 12 hours. Yep. And it speaks to our city. Like when, when that happened, when that situation, when that story broke, un, unben, we, and we didn't know it was going to break on CBC that morning, the comment that I made to our staff was this, that, okay, um, here we go. We are going to find out who our city is. Mm -hmm. And we had no idea. <laughs> And um, that night we were still at work at whatever time, 8 or 8.30. I was on the phone with our board chair. We were all in Dennis's office. And I believe Suzanne got an email from Rachel to say, would it be kind of okay if yeah. we launched a crowdfunding? Um, and I have the board chair on my phone. And uh, we were quick to say, uh, yeah, sure. Um, and so, but that made... Um, public awareness in a way that could not have happened before. It spoke to our city. It told us who our city was in a way that was so um, um, uplifting um, and hopeful and positive. Um, and it gave us strength and hope and, and inspired us and did all of those things that you would want your city to give you. Yeah. Um, so I do think that there are... Um, new voices and new platforms to change this brand. And I think that there is a demand for it and a desire for it. And people will not be satisfied with anything less. We are leading into a municipal election. I would assume that people will be looking for hopeful, optimistic, curious, can-do leadership. Love it. There's nothing else that needs to be said after that. <laughs> that was a good luck following that. I'm like, nope, that's perfect. <laughs> perfect answer. Yeah. Uh, so, so uh, last question, I actually throw over to you, um, you two. Uh, was there anything that I should have asked about? You know, when we think about innovation or the brand or what's happening in our city that I didn't ask, or uh, I also like to give the opportunity if there's questions uh, that you're curious about that you want to ask that I'm not controlling this side of the mic the whole time. Uh, I think the the biggest, you know, how like in this conversation, how do we do what we're talking about? Um, I, I think if we're listening or thinking about this conversation, people just need to say yes. Literally, the way we're going to transform it is when someone says, I have an idea, stop. Just say, great, how can I help your idea? Right. Right? Like I really think, you talk about grassroots, mm -hmm. you know, like perfect example, back to prom queen is somebody had an idea and everyone said, great, let's jump on that idea. Yeah. We need that. It's in that precious moment when somebody says, Hey, what if we do the baseball game in this park instead? Yes. Okay, great. Let's just move it. Mm -hmm. I think that's how we're going to start to see this change. Right. Rather than saying, Oh, well, there's five parks. Let's talk about all the five parks and which park would you like to do the best? Right. So, um, cause that kind of, I'm kind of not, I'm kind of, tired of this conversation in terms of um next next steps and mm -hmm. what and i say that because what happened it was really awesome at the grand you know we kind of turned into yes about a year ago and nobody we don't like when i got here people were i was hearing all everywhere like i mean grand but i was hearing about oh london oh london oh but london this and london didn't and london can't and never liked 
We don't say any of that anymore. Mm-hmm. It does. It's not allowed, really, right? It's really like you wouldn't say it in a meeting at the Grand. You wouldn't say, "Well, that's London." No way. You would like we haven't said that for a year because mm. there's no value. There, like it's a self fulfilling. Well, yeah, you've proven it. It long. is, and yeah. it's, it's not helpful. Like there's yeah. nothing in that, you know. And like we're not here to. We're not a supermarket. We're not here to do the same thing, right? We're here to change and mm-hmm. be um, innovative and different because because you know and what's beautiful and i think um a testament is the grand theater um thrives and has always done well in this city live theater a very expensive proposition on all fronts Mm -hmm. people still want to come into a room and and hear a story told them told to them whether it's something they've heard before familiar like a christmas carol Mm -hmm. or it's some uh, fantastic group of men from barbershop Chronicles, which nobody in this country has probably seen because mm-hmm. we're bringing it from England. Um, but that great curiosity, I mean, again, goes back to the Testament. Well, we know what we need to do. Let's just get on with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and we, are, we bear witness to that. We have leadership that's already doing that. The fact that the Junos are going to be in London mm-hmm. next March, I mean, somebody had to just say, and Chris Campbell certainly led that through yep. Tourism London, to say we can make that happen. The sports events that we've brought here, like there's leadership in every sector. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I said, I think that um, people will not be satisfied um, with not moving forward. And they and we just need to be relentless in that. And, and I believe there's leadership in all sectors that are determined that that's the way that we're going forward and the... Uh, we're not going to look back. Great. Uh, that's if there's nothing else that officially closes the uh, the interview portion of today's process. So thank you so much Thanks, for Dave. coming, and uh, we'll look forward to chatting again. Thank you. David and I have put our time into recording the Branding London podcast because we love this city and, more importantly, the people in it. Our Traction decided to produce this podcast because this work is aligned with our core focus of amplifying great stories to increase relevance, impact, engagement, and momentum. If you'd like to support us, you can visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash brandinglondon. Your generous support will help us to promote this season into more channels so that more people can hear London's good news stories and it'll help us fund future seasons. To find recaps, videos of some interviews, our Patreon link, or more information about us in this podcast, you can visit ourtraction.com slash podcast. Production assistance for this series was provided by Webisodes. Special thanks to Adam Kaplan for his help with recording the live streams and providing the audio from those interviews. We're also grateful for the technical production support of Michael Dales. Thanks for listening. Like what you hear? Subscribe to the Branding London podcast, like our traction on Facebook, or follow us on Twitter and Instagram. 